This is the Lingaholics Podcast with Cody, Marcus, and Ian, where we dive deep into conversations about the experiences and endeavors of the language learning life. On this pod, we feature a wide variety of guests and topics with nonstop passion and nonstop fun. There's no last call for Lingahol, so come on in and join the show. Let's go, everybody. What's going on, everyone? It is Sunday, February 7th, 2021. This is episode 27 of the Lingaholics podcast. Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl, Super Pod. Ian here. Welcome in. Welcome in. The Lingaholics are back under the same roof. We got the Bucaneros contra los jefes esta noche. And yeah, boys, talking a little language, talking a little sports, having a fun little Sunday. Uh, yeah, I'm pumped. This is probably my favorite day of the year, to be completely honest with you, fellas. So uh, it's a little different this year with uh, Pinche Corona, but no pasa nada. We're here together. So this is Ian here. Let's check in with the fellas. We're all on the sofa, chilling, chillaxing, relajados. Uh, welcome in everybody. In la casa uh, de los lingoholicos, no? La casa de los lingoholicos. La maison, la maison de los lingoholics. Uh, <laughs> you have Deutsch? Have Deutsch? The oh, house? Have Deutsch, like yeah, the, das Haus, das Haus des lingoholics. Uh, des lingoholics. No, no. <laughs> also, so, yeah, we got, we, we got, yeah. <laughs> 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 no, <good. laughs> All right, we got our boy Tom <laughs> Brady in the Super Bowl again. Tom hey? Brady. Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady. Man, and, and you believe that? Yeah, no, that's how pretty many, crazy. How, okay, so I represent the listener who doesn't watch that many sports. So how that's many fine. Super Bowls has Tom Brady been in? This is number 10. Number 10? 100% number 10? Yeah, because he's won six, and he's lost He's going three. for seven. He's lost three. <laughs> Numero siete. So he's going for siete, and today... So a contrast, but it's for obviously his first one with the Bucaneros. So against the Jefes, what yeah. a matchup because he is the old goat, and oh yeah, like he's so his first one was twenty two thousand twenty years ago, two thousand one versus the Rams, the, Rams. Oh, the Saint Louis Rams, Saint Louis Rams, Saint Louis, and yeah, he stepped in and went on a nineteen year run with the Patriotas. The Sueco, did you ever go to a Patriotas I never went game? to a Patriotas game. Okay, but you lived in Boston. <laughs> yes, but I, I, I've watched every single Super Bowl that Tom Brady has played in. Yeah. I remember watching the first one when I was a little kid. I remember right. being in like my parents' uh, bedroom, and we had the TV on. I was like six years old. Yeah, you I was pinched at six years old when he won his first Super Bowl. <laughs> Holy I remember watching it. And and um, yeah, I remember going to school in Massachusetts. And the first, because before then, they had, the Patriots came off a, a period when they sucked. Yeah, they were, the they 90s. Were, they were, they were bad, not man. good before Tom Brady. They had, what, what was his name? Drew, Bres, Drew Breslow? I don't even know. Drew Breslow? I think that, that was the name know. of the quarterback before him. But uh, he, so mid-season 2001, he got injured, and uh, they called in Tom Brady, who yeah. was, I don't know if that was his rookie season or not, but he was young, yeah, obviously. He was young. And he had a legendary playoffs and a legend, legendary Super Bowl uh, that year, 2001. Yeah. And that was like the big, uh, the big upset, right? Because the, the St. Louis Rams, they were really good back then. They were good. Uh, uh yes. yeah yeah and i was back in massachusetts and i remember because this was like a really big deal for for um the the community right and i remember going to school like everyone had to wear we had patriots day like the day before the super bowl or the friday before the super bowl everyone had to wear like come to school in like a, a jersey yeah. wearing a jersey and a hat 
So I, I just remember everyone wearing Patriots gear. It was pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I was, so... was just six years old. <laughs> yeah, man. And Crazy. Every Super Bowl he's in has been, like, memorable because the first two he lost were to the Giants. Yeah. And those were pretty memorable games because the one they had, like, an undefeated season. Yeah. They lost in the Super Bowl. Uh, there was the one against this. So, yeah, the one that played against Seattle, Seattle blew it, like, really late. They, instead of running the ball in the end zone, they threw it and got intercepted. Yeah, yeah, uh, huh, I remember that. Another... What was his name? The the Patriots guy? The young dude? I don't remember. I forget. I forget, It was too. huge. Legendary. Uh, and then the Falcons. Uh, I got some buddies that are Falcons fans, and they'll never forget this. So the I'll Falcons were up 27-3 to or 28-3 at half. Yep. And Brady came back and won Big that time. game. Uh, they lost to the Eagles. That was this. Is, oh, I've been watching football pretty hardcore for like five years. So they lost to the Eagles, then they beat the Pinch Rams two years ago, and then last year they kind of fizzled out as the Patriots. And then Pinch of Tom Brady's resurrected his career this year with those Bucaneros. Nice. So yeah, it's fun. I it's, love uh, it. It's a fun day. All right, so let's go through friends. our picks real quick. So I, I, I obviously I, I, I won a bunch of money yesterday on hockey. But what are yeah, our man, picks? You're on a roll. I'm on a roll. Thanks for buying us breakfast. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, but what are so you know, what are our picks pod. for for the Super Bowl today? So I'm uh, I'm picking. I took the, uh, I took Tampa Bay plus three. So for the non-sports better, they Tampa Bay can either win or lose by no more than three points. So I took the spread on that. All right, and, and I got I also took the over, which means the game has to has over fifty six points. And I got the line bet on on Tampa Bay. So Money line. so they um so I'm I'm betting for Brady. You gotta bet for Brady. You can't bet against Brady. You got you gotta trust the man. Patricio Mahomes, man. See, he's, but you gotta you gotta trust you gotta trust the goat. I put my so. trust in the goat. <laughs> All right, Skoda, who do you pick? Because you are. You're like the casual sports guy. Dude. Well, I gotta I gotta ask From you as a question first. So like, why you you both think Tampa Bay is gonna win, eh? You, you gotta trust uh, Brady, man. I put no, my I think trust. It's still a long shot, but I want them to. I really want them to win. I, I put, think that's pretty cool. I put Brady my complete this. trust in Tom Brady. He's got everything. You have ultimate faith. U- ultimate faith in Tom Brady. TB12, TB12. It's gonna be a great game. It's gonna be a it's great game. That. And uh, tying this into languages. This is a language podcast. Uh, Spanish sports announcers, I think, are the best. Oh, dude, you yeah. were just showing us that video of... Uh, uh-huh. What was that? Okay, so there's a one it's from a couple, two years ago in the playoffs. So it was the Chicago Bears versus the Philadelphia Los Eagles. And... Los Ojos the, contra las Los Ojos, ojos contra las Aguilas. Yeah, it's fun. Actually, it's funny you say that because uh, Alejandro, he's like teaching me all the... Like, the Spanish announcers translate the names for all the sports teams really? all the time. Yeah, like they'll say, like, Los Vaqueros de Dallas or Los 49 de San Francisco. Um, but, yeah, there's some funny ones. And so for football, like football americano, not to be confused with football, there's this one called the No Señor clip. It's when the Bears just had to get a field goal to win the game. And here, you want me to play for the listener? Play yeah, it's it. pretty it. funny. Uh, let's go. Oh, pinche anuncio. Oh, we got advertisements. We got advertisements. You got to get YouTube premium. Advertiser. Oh. All right, so he's going for a field goal. <laughs> he missed the field goal. Yeah, so it was just like that was like the first round of the playoff games, but uh, the Spanish announcers like just make it. Oh man, especially like the soccer announcers. Like I saw this one where this guy was like. He just yelled goal straight Ooh, for like golazo. 30 seconds. Golazo, golazo, <laughs> golazo. Goal! <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it's funny because I was still in my class the Waka Waka video this week from the 2010. 
World Cup, and oh, yeah. I put up the vocabulary word goal, had like eight O's, and then one <laughs> kid's like, yeah, that might not be enough O's. <laughs> yeah, you need a couple more in there. Um, yeah, so that one's was good, and then also, okay, one more clip, just I gotta get this like, because uh, we watched the World Series all this past year when Cholo was living with me, and we watched it all in the Spanish World Series uh. announcers, so there's this famous uh, ESPN uh, his name, oh, I forget his name exactly. He's a famous ESPN Spanish announcer. And yep. every time you hit a you hit a home run in baseball and he's announcing your game, so he'll always be like, Al Profundo! No, 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 no! Uh, so I'll let, let's play the actual thing here. It's 15 <clears throat> seconds. So if you're watching an ESPN sports game and he's the announcer, uh, this is what you'll hear. Hello, profundo. No, 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 no. Díganle que no a esa pelota. <laughs> say no to this, to this ball. Say no to that ball. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's fun because, like, before living with Cholo, I didn't really watch much sports in uh, Spanish before, and like, yeah. they just, yeah, it's more colorful. I find. It's uh just adds a whole new element to the but oh we, yeah we, we, we can't watch the Super Bowl with Spanish comentadores no uh, can we yeah I forget before Cholo left he tried to get access he had access to the ESPN Mexican app but he couldn't get it for some reason like on the TV oh. uh, I'm sure if you're like on a Reddit feed or something but yeah but we don't want to do we that. advertise watching it legally yeah uh, I bummed out actually like like with the hockey package that I have right now they block all the French. Uh, that's weird because i'd love to watch that's my so, hockey yeah that'd be great that'd well. be so fun. Mm. why do you think they do that i don't know yeah it's stupid blackout restrictions and get banner anyone that's yeah like fall sports for a while like blackouts are just brutal like if you but, want to expand your fan base why are you putting all these stupid blackouts yeah in? but when exactly yeah. when they want to promote the french language yeah like it's yeah it's dumb because like i'm sure in quebec you can watch it with the french uh like that's the thing nonsense. i really like about canada because they always promote like french it's like everything that's French is like subsidized, which is sick. And like there's yeah. French and everything. So th- you would imagine that they would promote the French feed for the. Well, yeah. you, you can watch you can watch uh, Hockey Night in Canada in Punjabi. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, for those that don't know, like Hockey Night in Canada is our big Saturday night event. And yeah, yeah, it's been that's been around like a decade. I remember now. seeing that when I was a kid, like watching it on just on cable TV when I was in high school and middle school, like. I remember seeing Hockey Night in Canada in Punjabi. And at the time, I thought it was so weird. I was like, that's so random. Like, why is it in Punjabi? Honestly, I, yeah. think, I think Canada is such a great country for language learning, honestly. Like, there's, there's like things like this, right? All these sports feeds in different, in different languages. You don't get that in other countries, really. Like, it's a lot yeah. harder. And just like how we always, every time we get in the car, we throw on, like, the Radio Canada. Right. Like how there's, yeah, how yeah, there's yeah. French radio here. Um, hey, yeah, we, every you, you don't get that in other countries. Okay, really. speaking of Radio Canada, we should talk a little bit about Jason Kenny's French. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. It's, uh, yeah, so Swickle and I were in the car uh, yesterday driving around, and Kenny, Jason Kenny, uh, he's our premier here in Alberta. And he, he was in federal politics for a decade plus before. Yeah, he, the premier. he was, wasn't he the immigration minister for Stephen Harper? He had Harper? a few different, uh, uh was energy. files. No, he was, he, no, he, he was around. immigration. He was immigration, he was, uh, foreign minister, like, foreign affairs for a little while. Like, he had quite a few different, um, portfolios. And, yeah, so I guess you kind of take for granted, like, these politicians learn in French, because that's, that's a big part of the job. Um, because I remember... Back in the day, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a premier called Brad Wall. He was of Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, yeah. Of Saskatchewan. There's the thing about people wanting him to run for federal politics, but he had, like, zero interest in learning French, which basically meant he couldn't ever run for federal politics. And I think mm. that is such a sick requirement. Like, you have <laughs> yeah. to, Having to speak learn French, French in order to be in federal politics. Because, yeah, like, Canada. even Stephen Harper, uh, our former prime minister, like, he... He spoke French, like, with a pretty heavy English accent. Right, right. <laughs> but, like, he still spoke, he was able to speak French. Yeah, and Kenny, Kenny yesterday, you could tell he's been speaking it a while. Yeah, and No, accent. but he's got that... 
So he's actually isn't Jason Kenny actually from Ontario? He's from Ontario. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's like not even Alberta. from Alberta, and he's, he's the premier. premier. <laughs> that's yeah. so funny. Well, that's fine. But but I don't know. I just think it's such a cool requirement, and a lot of people complain about this requirement. A lot of people complain. Like, what's that guy called? JJ. Jay, the YouTuber? Oh, the, yeah. The, the J.J. McClellan? Yeah, that guy. He was, like, complaining McCullough about... Or, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he was, like, complaining about the requirement for, for learning French or whatever. Who's, wait, who's this? He, he's, he's some... YouTuber. He just lets him vote Canada? Yeah, a Canadian political uh, commentator. I'll look him up. Okay. Um, he's a super funny guy. I, I love his videos and everything, but he was he was he he made a video... Like, he's very critical of things. He loves criticizing him. He's a political commentator. That's his job, J. right? J.J. McClellan, this guy. Yeah. Um, okay. We watched some of his videos. Yeah, he's funny. He's funny. Yeah. He's really funny. Uh, he, but he, he actually a, says a boot. Yeah, a boot. A boot. Oh, this guy. You got, oh, yeah, okay. And, and it's me not that, a yeah. boat. It's a boot. Okay, <laughs> like, no, you can tell the, this guy, he does that intentionally. I think he does. Yeah, yeah he, he does, does that just to screw with a Americans, little, uh, I think. A little embellishment. Yeah. No, but he wants to be super Canadian in his videos. Yeah. Like, that's she, the thing. Like, he wants to, to be authentic and get super cute. He wants, like, everyone to make... Because ob- if you listen to a, per- a Canadian speaking English, it's not obvious that you're from Canada oftentimes. But he wants to make it clear that Apparently, he's Canadian. Know, like, oftentimes. Okay, because I have a few American buddies. Uh, like, my buddy Josh, you guys met. And he thinks he can, like, really pick out if somebody's from canada because like oh there's another hoser accent you're one one of your colleagues he has a super like the guy in the video you showed me oh he has a super hoser the guy from paul sounds to me yeah i'm doing a podcast with soon (laughs) yeah he has a super canadian accent the guy from saskatchewan (laughs) but it is pretty hard to distinguish like a standard canadian accent with like a northern like, for right. example, like, Minnesota, yes. Montana, Minnesota. Idaho. Minnesota. Yeah, apparently like, Minnesotans get mistaken for... Canada. Yes, yeah. yes. Like, like Chaz, she's from Manitoba, and oh, she, yeah. she sounds like a Minnesotan. <laughs> she, she, sounds, she, she sounds like she's from Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I don't know. I, I feel like I'm pretty good at picking out accents. So, Cody, I think if I met you, I, I, I think I could pick out that you were from, from Canada or from Alberta, but I don't think I would be able to pick out you. No? No. You're, okay. you're not very, you don't have the, the super Standard. Albertan or no, Saskatchewan, like Western Canadian accent. Okay, this, I also want to comment on this. So speaking of like my accent, I don't know if um, there's like any truth to this, but apparently this happened like last week or two weeks ago. This is when we were doing the boot camp mm-hmm. and a student of mine, she hadn't seen me in a while, like in about a month. And she was saying that like i told her about the boot camp and she was saying that i sounded different too like my accent changed in english and she said she sound she said i sounded more like more international wait wait when like this is like last week i overheard that was your first lesson of the morning that yeah yeah yeah, i think i overheard that before you went that so that's super interesting that like the fact that we were speaking all these languages that changed my accent in english I don't know about yeah, that. I, I, I you know, that. I was a little bit skeptical too, I, but I'm like skeptical. I don't sense. know. That doesn't make any sense. It makes you're a little tossing around accents yeah. all the time. Yeah. And uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah, Jason Kenny, the premier, he uh, he's not bad. Yeah, he's not bad. But I, <laughs> his politics. So going back, to yeah, his, we're talking about his French. <laughs> <laughs> going back to that, so th- this guy JJ, he was uh, complaining about their requirement; they have to speak French. And that it disqualifies disqualifies a bunch of really talented people from running from office. But I don't think that's a disqualification. Like that's just an incentive to learn it. You know, anyone can learn it. Yeah. Like Pincha Ford, right now is um, the premier of Ontario. He's he's learning French, right? How's his French? I don't is know. Good? I don't know. I haven't, I, haven't, <laughs> I haven't heard it. But he he obviously has has uh, larger ambitions. To run for federal right, office, federal. So he's, he's learning French, and I think that's cool. Like, if you want to be the prime minister, you should be able to freaking speak French. Yeah, isn't that a really I cool think. requirement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Yeah, of course. I think. It's, yeah, no, it's interesting great. what JJ's criticism though. Like, is that alienating to people that feel that there's like absolutely no need? We can for watch it. that video later. We can watch that video later. But I, I think it's a sick requirement, personally. Yeah. I like it. I mean. And Canadians, like, out here in Alberta, people get a taste anytime you go to a national park. Everything's written in both languages. Yeah. The mm-hmm. gate, person at the gate will greet you in either language. And that's, like, a requirement. 
to work at a national park yeah. being bilingual. Yeah. I've actually tested uh, every time I go to Banff National Park now. I always Jeez. test the people's French. Oh, I always yeah, yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny. Wait, wait, really? Yeah, um, and every time I've... Wait, you um, have to speak French in order to work in the National yeah, Park? Yeah. yeah, so next time you go to Banff National Park, you pull up to the gate and be like, hey, bonjour. They, they always say, hello, bonjour. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, but do they speak French to you? If you say yeah, bonjour, yeah, I, 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 yeah. especially like this one... I remember I actually had a conversation with this one girl, and uh, I could tell she was from here, but like she could speak French. She had a pretty heavy like English accent, but she could converse. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, even like Elk Island National Park, small little national park outside Edmonton, the person at that gate. Really? I'll French. do that. Yeah. Like, hey, just, just pretend you're from Quebec. Excuse me, voiture, my voiture, I see. Je comprends pas. Je règle ici. Yeah, it's there are there are francophone history out here. Something I want to learn more about because certain communities are. Like, like real heavy French, right? Like there's a town Beaumont, just south of Edmonton. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, real French yeah. place. Um, and up north by Peace River, there's a few like f- specifically French communities. Uh huh. Right. Yeah, and then the same goes for, for example, like Ukrainian. Which I'm half Ukrainian. The town Vagerville, Alberta, which has mm-hmm. the big Ukrainian egg. Yeah. Sweco, have you seen that? Sure. No. Biggest okay. egg in the world. <laughs> Monuments in uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan are kind of fun. Like Mundare, Saskatchewan, or Mundare, Alberta has the huge sausage. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, St. Paul, Alberta has the world's only UFO landing pad. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, our quirky little. I know, like, um, the really big dinosaur in. Um, Drum Heller, world's biggest dinosaur. Yeah. And uh, uh, cl- close to Drum Heller is the town of Vulcan. They've got a, a life size statue of the USS Enterprise, I think it is. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Because that, that, it's an aircraft carrier. No, no, the USS. Well, yeah, yeah, but we're talking about like the like the Star Trek Enterprise. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. because it's the town of Vulcan. Yeah, I got like it. The, from Star Trek. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's why they have that. the dots. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Right. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting the, the history and, and now with all our like so many immigrants from, all around like, like base like so many Filipinos now in Canada. So like, oh, huge yeah. Tagalog presence and. I think yeah, Filipinos are the one of the largest immigrant communities Gotta in be. Canada. Gotta be. It's like yeah. I Indian think, too. I think it's like it's like Chinese Indian. is number one, and then it's Indian, and then it's Filipino. Guys, after that. I was, I'm pretty sure. So my buddy, who's from, um, uh, he's from Eastern India. We were going through. He's teaching me some uh, Indian geography and like languages uh, last week, What'd and it's it's. I don't know. I just learned that we basically went through all the different cities, all the big cities, and and went through like what their different languages are called. I can't. I don't remember what they're called now because they're so wacky. Yeah. But it's Dude, really. There's cool. a language called Canada. In really? So it's yeah, called, yeah, with yeah. A K, though. Yeah, yeah. But it's Canada. it's really cool because each province, and there's a million provinces, obviously, but each pro like Punjab and, yeah. and all these things, they all have their own languages with their own um, like the regional alphabet, mm-hmm. orthography. They, they all follow the um, no, no, Sanskrit. No, no, not Hindi, all of them. Hindi is not different. All. Hindi looks vastly different compared to like these southern dialects and southern um, uh, languages. In Even India. in written form. Let's see. I'm gonna look up some stuff. Okay. Yes. Yeah, because in I'm India we got. Some, I'm gonna Hindi, show some examples. Hindi, Bengali. No, there's so many. Punjab, Canada. I don't know how to use, how you say it, but the, the yeah. one that looks like Canada. I believe there's 22 official languages. Oh yeah, there's loads. There's loads. But then it seems like Hindi, from this fall from my understanding, like Hindi is the the most lingua franca. Yeah, it's the lingua franca. Um, yes, everyone speaks Hindi more or less. But uh-huh. for example, I don't know. Can yeah, you, so can, you, can you guys see this orthography right here? Okay, explain to the viewer yeah. what you're looking at. So, so I'm so we're looking at a map of India, Google Maps, and we're looking at the different the names of the different towns and whatever. So right now we're looking at New Delhi, and then so el capital, no? El capital, la capital, la capital, la capital, la capital, das capital. <laughs> so we're looking we're looking at the way it's spelled because on google maps you can see if it's first in english or in, in regular roman or um latin Arabic, alphabet latin alphabet and then under that you have the 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 local way of spelling it the local or oh yeah yeah right so uh-huh. this is hindi 
Right, but I Hindu think it's like. all still based on the Sanskrit. Well, yeah, that, wait, the, that's yeah, Sanskrit. Yeah, that's, that's Sanskrit, right? But that's Hindi. Hindi uses Sanskrit, but look at yeah. this. This is going to get weird now. Okay, which, so tell the tell listener Yeah, so now we're going south. south. We're going south. Let's go to Bangaluru. This is look way this. south. Look at this. Oh, yeah, that's a different script. Yeah. I oh. Look at that. Look how that looks like. Is that... Is that Tamil? Can I see? Is that? Oh yeah. Does Tamil, Tamil have? Is that the script Tamil? Tamil might use a different script. That might, yeah, um, something like that. But look at this. This is also different. Yeah. That's also different. Right. Look, look how. Wonder, no, that's the same as the other city. I'm no, curious, it's different. It's a different. I'm curious about the evolution of those look, alphabets. It looks if, different. If they all Dude, originated that's the same from script. Sanskrit. Oh, maybe it is. Okay. <laughs> but wait, yeah. there's. We're going through this. But he told me one more really cool thing. Uh, here somewhere in southern India, there's a French community. Oh, okay. Which, so I French, French, ha- France had a colony in southern India, and the cool thing is they still they still speak French there. Oh, right. Like all the signs and everything that's are weird. French. Like, I think Macau still has a little bit of a Portuguese presence. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. right. So yeah, these little colonial, post-colonial pockets. I don't remember place. where it was. Yeah, I'm curious. Uh, oh, here. Who, Okay, where are you going? Hyderabad. Hyderabad. I think he told me this is also a different uh, script. Okay. Hyderabad. But then also, like, if you go to Punjab. Yeah, Punjab, you're on the... That follows the a Sanskrit, right? Border, no, no, Punj- okay, no that's Gujarat. Where is Gujarat? Gujarat. Oh, Gujarat. Gujarat. Well, that's Gujarat. What, that's what... Uh, Azraki. Yeah, that's yeah. Azraki. Gujarat yeah. is also different. Look at the script here. Right. That's Gujarati. Okay. Yeah, and then Pun- which script is Punjab? I don't even remember close. where Punjab is. You should look up now. Google like language map of India. I think oh, Punjab is up north, of course. I think in yeah. Punjab they just speak uh, Hindi. No, they speak Punjabi. Punjabi. Oh, Punjabi. But do they yeah. use the Sanskrit script? Yeah, it looks like it. That's Sanskrit, right? Yeah. Okay. okay, but something interesting. So in Pakistan, they speak Urdu, yes, which is very, very similar to Hindi. But right. Urdu uses the Arabic, Arabic script. I have a buddy from yeah, uh, Lahore here. We're talking. So what do they speak there? Yeah, he he speaks Urdu. Urdu, okay. Urdu. Yeah, I wonder. You know how you see those videos about how, like, even for example, like Hebrew and Arabic speakers, how much they can understand each other. Like, I wonder. I think Urdu and Hindi would be even closer. Oh yeah! Like, be oh for sure. Um, Wait, guys. Kind of like Swedish and Norwegian. Yeah. Wait, look at this. This is thing? Kolkata. Look at this script. That's Bengali. Is that Bengali? Yeah, they Bengali. speak Bengali in that part. Oh, of what is that? Some strange orthography. Uh, I I don't know. My different orthography. I only have a very very surface knowledge of like South we, Asian. We gotta study this. You, I gotta. Study, you guys like, know the coolest in, script though. What I think. So, uh, what? Georgian has a wicked cool script. If you Google go to Georgia. Georgian script, Tbilisi? it's yeah, just Google it oh, though. Wow. Just so you get but a, that kind of looks like that kind of looks like, like a Lord of the Rings type. That video. does kind of yeah. look like yeah. Lord of the Rings. Also, eh? another one that I really like aesthetically, just speaking aesthetically, is uh, um, oh, uh, oh, geez, I'm blanking. Ethiopia's language, Amharic, uh, Amharic, yes, thank you. But yeah. What's it called? Amharic. It's the uh, the. Oh, that looks cool. Yeah, really cool. Script. That does. That kind of looks like as well. Like hieroglyphics um, a little bit, eh? Yeah, I thought there was somewhere else in Asia that had like Bhutan or something that had. Some, we got to study this. Uh huh. I think so, I think I'm gonna learn all the languages. Uh, yeah, I guess of the that's world. the thing. I think I'm just gonna like, go ahead and do I tried that. to Google that one time when I was bored. Like, how many alphabets there are in the world? It's like 160 or something. Yeah. And uh, so it's almost like number of countries. Right. 196. But not nearly like 7,000 languages and 160 scripts. Um, People. So I don't think it would be that hard to just even like see it and recognize it. I kind of I kind of like the look of Greek. Too. It's kind of, well, you got the Greek. I love it because it's. Oh like, nah. yeah, should, should I should I show for the? Oh, I don't know. It's like it's on my chest. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta, what does it say? We gotta keep. It this. says in Greek. It says kalepa ta kala, and it means nothing can be achieved without labor. Oh, I like yeah. I like Greek because it's like math. It looks like math equations to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Or like a bunch of frats. Uh, Armenians got its own one as well, too. Uh, its own scripts. It's a little bit different. It's, yeah, it's different from like Georgian still. But yeah, Georgian, 
usually gets raved about in the polyglot community for its uniqueness, I guess you could call oh, it. Yeah. Um, trying to think. Do you guys, not Esperanto, but do you guys know that create a language that has its own unique script? Even? So it no. is, uh, Pinche Klingon has its own alphabet. Oh, I was, I was going so, to Klingon. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I aesthetically, it's, I really like looking at different we, we gotta different learn scripts. we gotta learn all these languages like learn of them uh, learn of their yeah. languages, <laughs> not learn them yeah i know yeah. right but we gotta learn of their existence but it's even interesting how like for example i think they're changing this now again so mongolian like even if you go on the memorize mongolian course it's in cyrillic but then i, I was reading something how like mongolia wants to take that back now so they're trying to move away from yeah. cyrillic so it's kind of like a form of like They've got their own script because when I was in, um, in I was in I went to Inner Mongolia uh -huh. in China um, yeah. when I was oh god that was twenty twenty seventeen so geez almost four years ago three and a half years ago um, time flies I, I I I uh, I noticed that they had everything in Chinese and like the Mongolian script oh. yeah wait but what is that look that's not that's Cyrillic. Cyrillic. No, it's not surreal. No, they had okay, their own they, Mongolian script. Okay, you're right. Yeah. But I still think in Mongolia itself there'd still be like a ton of Cyrillic. Just like a, Oh, in Mongolia itself, yeah. I think so, yeah. Just like I did a little dabble in Uzbek one day and that's all in Cyrillic as well. Yeah. It's like all these former like Soviet Uzbek. Yeah. Uzbek. Um what else? <laughs> the the Cree syllabics are another thing here in Canada. Mm, really yeah. The what? The syllabics for Cree, like it's the Cree. I think it's more than just Cree. Is it like Anuk the Tuk, uh, up north in none of it? Oh, golf! Sports all day today, folks. All the hockey's got to get in before the Super Bowl. That's a good game, by the way. Um, oh wow, I didn't realize that Philadelphia was up six to four now. There you go. Yeah, Sorry, good. man. Yeah, no, the Cree syllabics pretty interesting as well. Um, interesting look. I don't. Have you guys ever looked into? Like hieroglyphics, like Egyptian and I think that's and so cool. Mayan and like there's whole compendiums and encyclopedias of what all those mean. Mm -hmm. We gotta learn. So just kind of like the Chinese symbols. Yeah, it's like really interesting calligraphies. Oh yeah, world. and uh, like be, I think like being able to actually read something like that because like I can actually read Chinese, right? So yeah, like that feeling of being able to do that is so cool. Oh, yeah, because remember when Julian was on the pod and just saying, like, you feel like you're just the secret agent or the secret oh, yeah. power mm -hmm. identifying it. So, yeah, yeah, super interesting. But there's got to be a course to just identify, like, the alphabets of the Different world. alphabets? Just yeah. like you guys were doing the geography mm -hmm. earlier today. So, yeah, that's... Yeah, Marcus and I were going hard with, like, learning uh, states of... Uh, Germany and Mexico and rivers and Spain uh, like, like geography yeah like, yeah it's so fun just to learn random things about the world we were crushing it too like in general I just love doing that like I could sit there for hours and just learn random things it's so much fun it's right. like it's almost it's addicting it's like it's crazy right right uh, so yeah I've been focusing mostly on cap countries and capitals but now I'm going to focus more on like individual provinces and geographical features and yeah but i want to do this with languages too you know how sick would it be to like learn the like official do, language yes exactly about all the mm. memorize that for all the, the countries on the planet yeah, some sick. countries are wild like south africa has 11 official languages so what does that mean like does that, that mean that you can provide service you have yes. to provide services and all these yeah like, yes. how does the national park in south africa work like we're we're praising two languages and they've got Lausa, Zulu, Afrikan. Like how does that work? I wonder. I think stuff. it's just like like yeah, if you go to original? a national park, it's not like there's gonna be yeah information in every language. I think it's just like when you need services from the government, you will there be able will to be find services that are in that language. Right. It just seems so many, like eleven. That's um, a lot. Like to accommodate all that, that's like, that, like that's oh been God, always yeah. that's always been the argument of like keeping the colonial language because then you're not like putting one of the indigenous native languages above one of the other ones. It's like okay, let's just like 
like in India, for example, okay, like Hindi and English, they're not putting like one of the other ones above it kind of thing. So, yeah, uh, I guess you need like a historian to break it down and everything. But yeah, just knowing the official languages of all these countries and even how like French is a huge lingua franca in so many French countries, but then they have like their own like native languages, like, like in the, in the Congo, like Lingala is a, like a native language. But I think for anyone to, to any person of the Congo to communicate with each other, you'd speak French. So all those mm-hmm. elements yeah. are pretty fascinating. So, but yeah. So how is, how is the week away from the, the boot camp boys? We, uh, it's interesting. We took a, took a little uh, break from, and... yeah, sure. So, uh, to go through my week, I did a lot of monotonous work again, some lab work, and I love doing, like we were talking about this before, like I love doing monotonous work because then you have a lot of time just to listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I put in a solid uh, eight hours of podcast listening a day, uh, and I, yeah. the m- majority of that time was, was dedicated to different uh, variety of German podcasts. So that's, I really like, I really, so when you're learning a language, I really like the full mass immersion Right. And, and a way of doing that is to just listen to a language continuously throughout your day. I'm warming yeah. more and more up to this idea and, and, as time goes on. Right. So let me elaborate on this. So when I'm in the lab, I always, I'm always doing things. So I'm not entirely 100% of the time focusing on the content that I'm listening to. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just, you know, I'm, I have to do, I have to think or solve some equation or do some, something complicated um, chemistry-wise. But but it's still there. It's still always on in my ear in my earpod, the German. Mm-hmm. And I have this theory that, you know, just subconsciously listening, having that German there will subconsciously improve your your German comprehension. Oh, absolutely. And you subconsciously will get um you you're you'll subconsciously hear new words that will in some way stick in your brain. Mm-hmm. And then the next time you hear it, just, oh, this, that sounds familiar, right? Like the next time you hear that word, it'll be, it'll have some type of familiarity to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, for sure. And so I'm walking around and I'm doing things and sometimes I'm paying attention to the podcast and sometimes I'm not. But right. I feel overall at the end of the day, my German is a lot better. You've made gains. Yes. That's how I make gains. And honestly, that is very, has been very, very, very effective for me. Like when I was in Spain, for example, I did this, but with Spanish. Yeah. And I felt like it was very, very effective. Yeah. And I've been doing this with Korean lately because like the more we talked about just having this listening and just like basically bathing yourself in the language, like I really, really like this idea now that I've been trying it out. So whenever I can, I try to put just some Korean podcasts on where people Mm -hmm. are just having a conversation. And I notice the difference. Right. I notice like right. how like when you, you feel like because um, in the past, like I think due to my perfectionist tendencies, I had to like I had this feeling like, OK, I have to learn all these things first and then I can listen right. to things so I can understand mm-hmm. them. But that's that's the wrong way to go about yeah. it. And you're because you're basically one of the on, on the podcast I was listening to, this guy was saying you're basically when you're doing that, you're basically starving your brain. For this language, because like when you start learning, you should really just like, I think I like that idea of like bathing yourself yeah. in the yeah. language. Yeah, I, you're soaking I think your brain. You're soaking yourself in it, and you're that yeah. it helps so much. Right. Siebel makes the argument that if you're just listening to so much and so much and so much, your brain is intuitively going to be like, okay, this is important. Like almost like in a weird like evolutionary yeah. thing. Like, oh, this matters. This has like a cons- right. constant presence yeah, in my right. life. Ergo, I need to learn it. So it's like you're hijacking your brain's no. internal need to know, right? That's so the way to it, go about it. Right. So like I'm, it's, it's interesting. I'm like, convinced that you can listen your way to, to language comprehension. Like, wow. like you can kind of, no, you can kind of do it. You need, obviously, you need, to, you need to practice and speaking, whatever. But the, the base, the base should just be listening a lot. Like reading. Getting those oh, hours. Right. Reading, of course. Right. Those are two. Obviously, but listening is the easiest input. one because listening you can do passively, yeah. right? It's for me, I would say it's definitely an important tool. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't even go so far as to say it's the base. Like for me personally, the way that I learn languages, I would say it's just a really, really important tool in the toolbox. 
yeah and like steve kaufman talks about how you just you get a ton of input you're gonna learn a lot but then obviously you're not gonna catch everything you're gonna miss things yeah. still and then that's when things like tutors or you guys helping me out with my german pronunciation mm-hmm. as an example like these things it's okay to miss things yeah and like the studying and mem- the part that people the most people hate like the studying and memorizing i, I, I don't mind I don't, that i don't do that i like i honestly my base is to listen to podcasts like this mass mass listening approach that's my base. That's how I. Yeah, okay. That's basically the mm-hmm. base of how I learned Spanish. Yeah, and I guess the, the question approach. is like okay. turning that base into like the activation phase where you can speak and express. Right, and right. Write. But then obviously, obviously, I do. I talky and talk with you guys. And right. Talk so with that's Cholo more like the activate. Like I get a, a lot of practice. I also get a lot of practice. But the base, everything is based on a lot of hours of listening. And it makes yeah. sense because after a while, you know, when you're speaking, you're trying to figure out, okay, does this sound right? Like you're. That's why you it's so good. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Because every time, even in English, like you're like, okay, is this right? Is this the right way to say mm-hmm. this? Yeah. Like, does this sound right? Mm-hmm. Oh no, this doesn't sound right. Because if you yeah. say something that's wrong, it won't sound right. So how do you get that feeling, intuitive feeling, that something sounds right and, or not? And, well, sorry, go ahead. Oh, well, that's a big phase of the, the self-correction phase when you're automatically. St- correcting yourself as the learner oh, yes. because the teacher isn't the one doing it you're the one doing it and that's when a teacher can be like uh-huh see there you have it. you have that self-correcting right mechanism but i think it does take lots of hours of listening mm, no wait no no that doesn't sound right give me a second give me a second let me rephrase that but i have that i have that in spanish now i have that like hey yeah i can like detect it like hey eso yeah. No suena correcto. yeah no it's like i can it can i can sort of like hear how it's supposed to sound like like i can like, i can tell now mm-hmm. and that's like yeah, and I think that's more of a native speaker way to correct things like i'm like i was talking with my buddy josh how when we're correct when our buddy arturo needs help in english we're not really referencing grammar we're just being like no oh, no it doesn't sound right that yes way. yes like this yes way. whereas in, like in spanish i probably would be just more of a grammar guy because that's how i learned still like but yeah yeah you could obviously tell like that doesn't sound right in spanish but i think just learning spanish spanish as a second learner grammatically might be more inclined whereas like in english we like no i just this is the feeling kind of thing mm-hmm. H- hence why i always say english is the hardest language to teach but but yeah it's finding those hours though right yeah those Three hours, hours in. and it's like really remember important. what we were talking about i thought that was really cool like i would love to work like some monotonous job <laughs> like cutting grass in the summer <laughs> just being outside by yourself and just listening to yeah, podcasts yeah. all day like th- that would be sick mm-hmm. <laughs> i'd love to do that yeah it's but it's like it, yeah it depends on your job completely right because when you do something when you're a teacher like yeah you can't do like being a teacher is very very mentally demanding like you need yes. to be switched on the mm-hmm. whole time it's, like it's 110 percent. yeah yeah no it requires like total concentration right but that's different yeah but that brings me back to a point like because i think marcus you were asking cody earlier in the car like what did you do to, to uh practice your german this week and like Cody, you had German classes this week? Yeah, a few. So I think that's, as a teacher, I think you're constantly getting practice in a target language. Oh, yeah. You're teaching course, it yeah. and getting really good at it because you're teaching it to people. And maybe, maybe not advancing it, so to speak, but you're just getting so intuitive with it. I yeah, find. for sure. Like, that's what I find with my, like, right now, just teaching Spanish. You get really intuitive with the Spanish. Obviously, uh, they they always say like right like teaching something is how you actually perfect your yeah knowledge really of yeah really it is I I actually just had skill. I just had that thought this morning when we were like shooting uh like having a bit of a conversation in in Korean uh-huh. and yeah. I was like just like going through all this especially like all the stuff I was learning yesterday and like I just realized I was, like, oh like, there's a lot of stuff that he doesn't know and like I had an opportunity to like kind of right. teach him a little bit and i was and like you're reinforcing it as yeah you teach it yeah me. and i was like even though like i don't speak korean that very very well right now like i'm able to teach something mm-hmm. and that helps me yeah. learn it better so yeah. it's great yeah it's not like you're saying like oh i'm a korean teacher but it's like hey i can teach this korean mm-hmm. whatever that yeah. is you're really reinforced so there's i'm always fascinated by that connection of the teacher learner like relationship and 
hell, even as a teacher, like I learned something new in Spanish. I have a uh, student in Spanish right now who goes to Mazatlan. And there's the expression, como estas, ah, mas o menos, así, así. Uh, and he taught me one called dos, tres, what they say in Mazatlan. I was like, oh, I had no idea. Like, that's yeah. really cool. So I think it's fun when students <laughs> can teach the teacher stuff too. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's sick. All right, so so that was me. So <laughs> we got in on this because I started talking about my my mass listening approach. That's good. Though, uh, man. So yeah, That's... I feel my German. I think German is so easy, honestly. Like not to sound pretentious or something, but it's, well, for me, it's just it's so so easy to just pick up on as a native spe- Swedish speaker. Right. Yeah, but we talked about German specifically. How like it's it's easy once you get past the initial hump. Because it's like, it's really hard when you first start learning Yes, German. yes, yes, yes. But after a certain point, it's just me, smooth sailing. For me personally, and I know this is not the fact universally, but for me personally, with having learned German in school, so having the base, so I basically have the grammar for free, the understanding of the grammar, and then it being, so, it being Germanic, so close to Swedish or yeah. related to Swedish. It's, it's just naturally very, very simple. It's not very demanding for me to, to pick up on words and stuff. Hey, speaking of school, Sweco, what was that you were telling me about? You, at one point in school, you did do a little bit of Norwegian and Danish? Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So that, oh, I thought that was really interesting. So, so that was that was the thing I just remembered the other day. Yeah. So in going to high school in Pincha Suecia. Stockholm? And this was in Uppsala. Uppsala. Oh. It's, a, it's 30 minutes north of Stockholm by train or nice. 40 minutes maybe, perhaps. I don't know. Um, but what I was going to say is that, so in Swedish class, like you have English class, we have Swedish class, obviously, uh, for like a couple weeks, a segment of it, was learning Danish and Norwegian. Like cool. we only had, we probably did this for like a couple weeks only. Yeah. But it was still really cool. It was still, right. I remember it now being really cool because we just got like a little dabble. Hey, you know, we, we got a little dabble in in, it was always in, there. in in German, sorry, in Norwegian and Danish. Yeah. And the, the, we were basically taught, okay, this is how it's similar to Swedish and this yeah. is how it's different from Swedish. Like different words, like false friends. Okay. Amigo, false enemies? Amigos, no, false, false friends. Amigos, false friends. Amigos falsos. Amigos, fal- amigos falsos. Uh, and, and stuff like that. And it dawned on me that I should probably put in some effort in actually learning how to speak Danish and Norwegian. Like, I, I would probably be able to, to learn it, like, in a, to a fluent level in, like, a month. If I, if, if I were to do it, like, every day for a month, I would do it. Yeah, I could see, especially Norwegian. Right? Yes, Norwegian would be very easy, very easy, because you basically just change the way you speak like your dialect, your your um, pronunciation. pronunciation, right? And then you just learn a couple words, and then you're 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 set. Danish is a little bit more tricky because because there there's a lot of different words. It's Danish is more like German. It's like Isn't some the it's alphabet like, quite a bit different. Danish, Danish? no Danish alpha yeah uh, a little bit a little bit a little bit, but I'd say Danish is like a mix of Swedish and German. <laughs> Okay, yeah. A lot of Danes speak German as well. Like, it's very common, especially for in, in Uland. Uland, that's like the big, big region, island next to Germany that's connected to Germany. Yeah. All those people, or it's very common for, for Danes to speak uh, German to a very high, fluent level. Um, but I think it would be cool to learn Danish. Yeah, I mean, like, especially like you said, you, you already have the anchor language of Swedish right. to... Mm-hmm have a huge leg up why not so right? with some time and some interest and right no that'd be that'd i just be found really that cool. fascinating that they taught you guys that be like hey like check this a little out. dabble it's a little, a little dabble. dabble it's like just seeing the interconnections it's like oh it's, it's not that foreign actually of a language right right so, that was kind of um, fun um yeah yeah, so that, that dawned on me that I should probably put in an effort to try to learn German. Well, or it's always Danish. there. It's always an option. Yeah, why not? That'd just be really pinch. fun. It'd be like a really easy language to just add to the repertoire. A repertoire. <laughs> yeah. The language portfolio. <laughs> yeah. Um, like for me, I always think, uh, like if I got a chance to say, like go to Greece for a couple weeks or something i feel like that's the language i like i'd love to get really good at for like a trip 
and then like would be completely content forgetting it for the rest of my life like, <laughs> like i just feel there's certain things as a language learner that's like a lecture you can do just be like hey i'm gonna like learn that like i'm going to thailand i'm gonna learn thai real hard go have as much fun as i possibly can with thai and then completely forget it i hope that doesn't sound like crass being like these languages are kind of just products that you consume and uh like throw out after but i just feel as a polyglot you just have that tool in your repertoire to be like hey mm-hmm. i really i really know how to hand, enhance this experience yeah absolutely yeah. so post-covid um talking about traveling post-covid like i really want to do another euro trip but but go like pretty intense yeah like renting a car or something and going Ooh, in between the different yeah. countries and like every day you're changing languages right that yeah. is so sick and I'd, lo- I'd love to go to switzerland and do like oh yeah in Lizard. one day go speak italian yes french german yes. and romanche <laughs> yes uh, I romance like language. Yeah. i love like what we're doing recently like how we're just doing we're going back and forth between different languages i love that I think it's so fun. Like going, okay, speak a little French, speak a little German, speak a little Spanish. <laughs> it's so yeah. fun. Yeah. Well, you kind of see how, uh, like, what do they call them? Pigeons or creoles get developed? Yeah. Right? Like, you think, uh, like, especially, you got, you even do lots of Caribbean geography here. Like, there's a lot of creole pigeon languages. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a, I got a book on Jamaican creole, which is fascinating because, that would have been like lots of African languages mixing with English. So that's that's how those languages got developed by doing what you're doing Same. right now. And uh, super interesting. Like there's a language in northern Honduras called Garifuna. And they've broken that down. It has like a lot of Dutch into it and certain African languages. And I think a bit of French, a bit of Spanish. And that's just a big mixing. Like it's a big mix of languages that became its own language. So... Yeah, it's you a, kind of see how like that happened historically by just mixing it up, right, all the time. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's fun. So, <laughs> so uh, what about you guys? What, how how was your week? Pinch, give us a little. Oh yeah, k- my. K- k- um, so I'm in bureaucratic hell right now, and I don't <laughs> want to talk about it because I want to keep <laughs> the mood up. <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, exactly. But um, things things are progressing. That's all I'll say. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> and uh, so the, yeah, just this week being back at home and by myself again, uh, I had a chance to like really get back into Korean. And like I said, I've been doing a lot more listening than I usually do. And it's really been helping. And I noticed that um, like during my time here, like my Korean just like went to shit. Like I like every time I had a class with my italki teacher, I was just like, uh, like I just like I couldn't say anything. I was useless. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just like after a few days of immersing myself again, like my uh, my italki classes, I've noticed how much easier I can I can speak now. I mean, it's still struggle, obviously, because yeah, I'm like probably January. Yeah, oh, for sure, absolutely. And like, I noticed that I can understand a lot more too, especially now that I'm listening a lot more. And like, and like when I'm actually paying attention to the podcasts I'm listening to, like really try to like listen for things, um, yeah. then I catch on to quite a lot. So I love that we feeling. Be, be, be. Like oh, hearing so you guys nice. speak German and understanding it. I can't express what you guys are saying, but knowing the fact yeah. that I just understand you guys, yeah. it's mm-hmm. like, oh my god, it's so satisfying. That's a super guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. So how so how is that with your code of your italki teacher? Are you still doing that? Like prepare me for Korea lessons? Yes. And what's she what's she specifically doing? Like what's she Well, we're just using we're just using a textbook right now. And yeah. um it's just like a lot of um, conversational situations. Okay. Because I'm past the point where I already know all the basics. Right. Of yeah, like of like course. where like places and like yeah. cultural points and things like that. Like I already know most of that stuff. So yeah. at this point, it's just like conversational points, uh-huh. like honorifics and um, right. like things that you need to know in in most conversations and things like that. Yeah. yeah, would you call it like a, because lots of language things get uh, promoted as like a survival, like survival German, survival Spanish, like it's like the bare bones of what you'll need. 
I'm past survival. Yeah, career. exactly. So okay, so it wouldn't exactly be that. No. Then, but something like to open the door to more. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. Yeah. Hangul. Yeah, Hangul. Speaking of Hangul, yeah, man. So I've been getting up pretty early. Some mornings a little later than. Not as early as I'd like, but uh, yeah, I'm doing some kind of switching in between the talk to me in Korean course on Memorize and then the this the Memorize's own course. I'm just writing out the sentences and I watched a really good video from Lindy Botes on how to write Hangul better. She kind of like, because if you just try to like exactly imitate it with all the curves and stuff, it's, yeah, that's one way to do it, but she was kind of showing how you like, if you write like Hangul a little sharper, um, just check out everyone. Everyone's interested in writing Korean. Check out Lindy Bogus's video. But it's it's she's that's helped me a lot because I've been copying out all these sentences. What's her level? She's spe- yeah, she speaks fluent Korean. <laughs> she's for like over ten years. Yeah. That's one of her best languages, isn't it? I think it, it is her best yeah. foreign language. She has this viral video like she's in the hospital and oh yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> Korean and just got like million eight million views or something. Yeah, like, in yeah, Korea. So hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. And I think because when I see like a longer sentence in Korean, that like really makes me be like, oh shit! Like, lots of different like the little particles and elements that are happening. I think yeah. it's just a, it's a real uh, complex. You know what? I that you when I first started learning Korean, that really perplexed me. But I'm at yeah. the point now where I'm. It's finally starting it's to come together. Yeah, yeah, I'm starting to yeah. see patterns. I'm starting to predict things, <laughs> yeah. and it just feels so nice because in the beginning I was really, really struggling with Korean, but now yeah. it seems like everything is kind of just starting to fall into place. And like I think by the time, because for the next two months. Or however long it takes me to... I don't have an exact timeline for my departure date, but... Yeah. In the next... In the near future, I'm really going to go hard. And I think um, by the time I get to Korea, after a couple weeks of being immersed, I'm going to have the click moment. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. This is cool for me because I'm kind of... I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm following along here. I've been along for the entire Korean... Yeah, Korean you've been... Yeah, that's Back crazy. I've seen you as a, a super beginner and uh, now you're... you're you're uh, evolving, yeah, which is cool big, to see, man. So that it'd be is really cool when you come back to see how how your level is. Oh yeah, we'll have to do yeah for the Korean War. That'd be really interesting. I think that is one of the coolest feelings about learning a new language. Is like just thinking back to the time when you mm-hmm. knew nothing. Like back yeah, in April, like, I didn't know anything in Korean. All I knew was like haseyo, That's it. And uh, now I can like kind of have a conversation. Yeah. I remember that. So like cool. for me for French, I remember like a year, two years ago or whatever. Uh, I remember listening to Radio Canada, Radio Canada, mm-hmm. and no, I remember not understanding <coughs> anything. Yeah, like not it was gibberish. Everything was just gibberish. Yeah. And now I listen and I'm like engaged and I, I essentially understand everything. And that's a really cool feeling. That's so amazing. And it's really it? cool to look that's... back on those times of of um, of not understanding. Mm-hmm. and comparing yourself and, and the, the, i think the best part about it is that amazing. it's not something that was just given to you like it's not no, something that you just have like no. you have to work your no. ass off for it it's not like it's, money buys wait it. can i be completely like, honest and not to sound pretentious again <laughs> but i don't feel like i've worked that hard at french it's just like it's natural like, have, I, man. You've yeah but the, you, you've put in the in. time yes but it hasn't like i haven't sat down time, i haven't sat down and like read books or, or like look through the grammar a lot of french content yes but a lot of french conversations guys, yes but it hasn't been effort it, it's been fun it's been really well, fun okay well that's yeah. not what i mean by work your ass i'm like so by work your ass off i don't mean like you like struggle with it and like just like yeah, oh, yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. like this arduous process it's like you just invest a lot of time into yes. and you have to put the effort in right because you've been putting the effort in yeah but it's, it's been fun yeah, but so you've been you've been having it's to so put enjoyable in the effort. Like, oh yeah that's what makes you do work. more of it when it is enjoyable yeah like i don't Dude. look back on it as like oh blood sweat and tears like i learned french no I look back and I'm like, wow, like this is so awesome how easy that and, and enjoyable that was. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Seriously. Okay, well, no, no, no. I think, and then probably your Spanish probably helped a lot. Like, knowing one romance language to going to the other one. Right. And then looking at It takes at away Spanish a lot of well. growing pains. Like, I remember the most blood, sweat, and tears that I've ever um, had with, with learning a language was probably like studying German in middle school. 
Okay. That was probably yeah. it. And I didn't, obviously, I didn't evolve at all. Like, I didn't really learn it. I just, like, learned a bunch of uh, vocab mm-hmm. and, like, grammar rules. And that, that was, like, that was pain. That was pain. <laughs> but this, like, learning French, this so was super enjoyable. Yeah. Okay. That, but no I, resistance. For, for no me, resistance. I don't know. For me personally, it's, like, learning a language is very, it's just kind of a similar feeling to, like, um when you like with fitness like when you when you work out all the time and then once and then you just look in the mirror one day you got your shirt off and you're like damn like i like like i'm looking pretty good speak for yourself (laughs) swipe right ladies (laughs) (laughs) but like it's 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 very it's a very similar feeling i think uh i don't know yeah i don't know perhaps perhaps but certain things like like school school is definitely like blood sweat and tears like looking back at school Mm -hmm. for sure but learning language, no. But that's that's the dream, though, as a language teacher, making it uh, just flipping the narrative on its head about what languages could be like in school, and that's what I kind of feel my life's mission is right now. That's Every day I walk into the classroom because uh, I'm really trying to take advantage of uh, two things, like competitiveness among students, and just the in- yeah, basically competitive because make an incentive so right now i have competitions amongst all of my classes of who can speak the most spanish but i also have like a competition within the class of who can speak the most as well like and especially like practicing with uh duolingo which mm-hmm. is a little bit not but like it's crazy like so i do this point system in my class and these kids like they will try and speak Spanish to get a point for their class because yeah. it's not even so much winning. They just like beating the other classes yeah. that much. So it's like if you hijack that, if you know how to utilize those psychological uh, drives, like, man, you could teach a language through that to like, especially like high school kids, right? So how, how do like, you keep score? Do you have like a scoreboard yeah, somewhere in I the do. classroom? I have a scoreboard in the class and basically it's like uh, use new Spanish, use lots of Spanish with a friend or if you like, you just get something right, and then like I'll be like, uh, like like it comes up in like lots of ways. But if they like guess a word right or something, I'll be like un punto, and then like the whole class will like cheer, like yeah, yeah un punto, yeah. and then they're like super competitive with the other classes That's and cool. doing lots of activities with that. It's like oh man, it's so much fun. It's like I want to bring this to life because I don't I don't want any more stories of people being like yeah, languages in school sucked like. I yeah. want to take that narrative and give it the old yellow. Yeah, give it the old yellow head. treatment. Oh right. yeah, kick it out the door, man. Yeah. yeah so it's uh, that's um, as language teachers, I yeah. hope everybody can but that, keep that's, doing that. Th- yeah, but that's super interesting for sure. That's I like the the competitiveness that that would have worked for me. Yeah, you're super competitive. But dude. you know, like in so. Sweden, like oh, you can't be competitive. That's, <laughs> that hurts your mental whatever. You know? Oh man, kids love it. Yeah, kids love it. Competitiveness is key. It's a huge motivation factor. It's, key, right? it's so. really good. What are we thinking for time, boys? How we doing? How we doing, Ian? Ian. Like, yeah. Yo, surprise is back to competitive. So, like, look at Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, man. Like, yes, exactly. Competitive guys. Exactly. Now they're playing in the in the show. There you go. The show tonight. So, so, uh, so before before we got we're pushing an hour here, guys. Nice. But before we, we we leave, maybe we should just quickly go through our, our future, the our language plans for the week for the coming week. Sure. Upcoming week. So I can yeah. start. I'm gonna keep going with German, for sure. Uh, I'm not super busy right now with other th- other things, but I'm I'm definitely gonna do a couple hours of German every day. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm not doing a bunch of uh, monotonous work anymore. I have to do a lot of writing next week. Right. So, so I don't, I can't, you know, I can't. I, You're working I on some English. Right. I'll be, after, yeah. I'll be working on my English writing so I can't get the mass listening oh, hours in, good. unfortunately. Yeah. But well, I'll still go. I'll go learn to be versatile. If, yeah. it's, if it's not too cold here, I'll go for a couple walks. Dude, it's going to be freezing cold. Next week. Oh, well. yeah. Yeah, the whole oh, week. If we got American listeners, we can say minus 40 because that's yeah. the same as here. Yeah. Minus, minus 40. 40 Celsius and Fahrenheit. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Um, but I was gonna say I'm, I'll take I'll bundle up and I'll go and listen to some easy German podcasts, and uh, we'll see. Yeah, I'm yeah, focusing on German up. right now. What it's about good, you guys? Good focus. Oh, dude, for me right now, for the foreseeable future, it's just gonna be me smashing, smashing away Korean. And yeah. uh, I think I don't have as many classes this week, so I think I'm really gonna be able to put a lot of time uh, into listening and being able to study and. 
things like that. So, yeah. How about Beautiful. you? Uh, mornings are Korean now. I get up. I say, hey, Google, play, uh, play K-pop. And uh, <laughs> she does that. Oh, did, oh, did it happen right now? Uh, oh. Hey, 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 Google. Oh. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Not right now. I'm doing a podcast, Google. Hey, Google. Hey, Google. Learn to hey, take Google. a joke. Google. Just give an example. Uh, oh, hey, Google. Shut hey, up. Maybe, Shut hey, up. Maybe we can end the podcast with a Korean Good. song. So that's what I do. I do, I do that. Uh, and then in the evenings now, I kind of do a little, I call it like the cleanup. So I finished my memorized courses for Portuguese and Esperanto. Ooh. So I look over the... Oh, sorry. My lunch hour is all German. 40 minutes of that. Uh, and then I'm trying to go hard on this Duolingo Italian course on Memrise. Nice. I got a thousand words left out of 2,800. So that might take another week or so. And then... Yeah. And then I'm just going to... I want to... I got a, a big boatload of Ukrainian stuff to transcribe. So a little bit more of the... Mornings are a little more focused. Evenings are a little more dabble friendly. Okay. So, and yeah, man, I had a great start to my first semester. So, that's continuando, awesome. Continuando. Sigurem. 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 Nosaltras. All right. So we're all going Bucaneros. Bucaneros tonight, boys. Bucaneros. Bucaneros. Yeah. All right. Bucaneros. And we're going over. Tv does say over, folks. Life's life's too life's too short to bet the under. Yeah. There you go. All right. Thanks, everybody. Peace out.